What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And it's the first day of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly the second day. We'll see when this gets out, but hopefully the first day of December. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be starting off with uh, some winter-themed movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going full-blown Christmas this year, depending on what you pick, but yeah um but yeah this week we are going to be kicking off december with one of my personal favorite movies edward scissorhands mm-hmm. yep we are and i'm pumped to talk about this movie me too it's uh it's been a few years since i've watched it uh and to my surprise, there wasn't anything Christmas related until like the last like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those Mandela effects where you think the whole movie's like fucking Christmassy. <laughs> it is, it really is. Yeah. I was watching it last night and Sarah was watching it a little bit with me and she's like, oh, I've seen this movie before. I'm like, Well, I would hope so, first of all. And second, I'm like, who cares? She's like, Yeah. Well, like how many times have you watched it? I was like, I literally watch this movie every year. Yeah. <clears throat> so fucking good. But before we dive too far into it, what have you been up to this week? Uh, so as you know, I've kind of slowed down on the movie watching. Yeah. Um, so I've only watched a few things. Only mentioned a couple. Uh, when watched the new Eternals movie finally. Um, it was okay. It wasn't anything crazy. It's definitely not the worst Marvel movie like a lot of people are saying it is. Okay. But I think there was just too much to do, like, ten new characters, basically, mm. and then plus, like, villains and all that. Just too much to handle. Do you think people don't like it as much because they're not so, like, aware of who the Eternals are? I mean, if Guardians didn't do so well, I would probably agree with that. Oh, true. But, no, I don't think so. Um, I went and watched House of Gucci, the new yeah. Ridley Scott movie. Uh, he's a weird director, man. He has the most random movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was pretty good as well. I had no idea about like the whole Gucci family and all the shit that happened with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, if you don't know, I'd kind of go into it blind because yeah. it's definitely made it better. Like I had no idea all the crazy shit that happened with that family. Uh, but it was good. Cool. And last thing I'm going to mention, I watched probably my favorite movie of the year and possibly my favorite Nick Cage movie he's ever done. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. And that is a movie called Pig. It was good? Oh, man, it's fucking amazing. It's Ah, so good. I got to watch it. Yeah, it's on Crave now. So uh, nice. Yeah, that's where I watched it. Um, Also has Alex Wolf in it, who... He's yeah. like, since Hereditary, I feel like he's just kind of blown up. I mean, he's mm-hmm. in everything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, Pig, um, it's not what I expected. It has a lot of heart to it. And uh, it's just different Nick Cage movie. And I cool. really liked it. Yeah, when it when it first released, I saw like a poster for it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this Pig? <laughs> and I like read the synopsis. I was like, oh, this sounds like interesting, but also could be absolutely terrible yeah sort of like a lamb thing for me mm-hmm. anyways. but uh yeah i'm definitely gonna check it out now that it's on crave that's cool yeah yeah definitely check it out but uh yeah that's all i've watched this week for the most part so cool 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 i watched a lot oh shit <laughs> okay i'm not gonna like do a fucking like synopsis of every movie but I watched <clears throat> um, Blood Rage, which is a movie from the 80s. It's on Shudder. Uh, I watched White Zombie, which is the movie that Rob Zombie got his band's name from. Mm. Uh, I watched The NeverEnding Story, another one of my like all-time favorite movies. I fucking love that movie. Uh, I watched I Still See You, which is a newer one on Netflix. It was okay it wasn't anything special it has bella thorne in it is that the one that uh daniel did on his podcast has like it looks like a monkey on the cover no 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 uh, okay it's uh i think that's i see you yes okay yeah yeah this is bella thorne she like 
I don't know. It's it's weird. Like the fucking there's like this big tragedy in the world. Um, is like haunted by ghosts, huh. and and she like the ghosts aren't supposed to be able to communicate with humans like the living but mm-hmm. then she ends up being able to communicate with one of them and it's like a big fucking roller coaster from there it's all right but nothing special uh, i also watched ouija it's been a long time since i watched that uh eight crazy nights slither <laughs> <laughs> slither uh scary movie one two three and four i still have to watch five holy shit yeah, uh, and then we were on a podcast on the weekend, uh, Once Upon a Nightmare, and we talked about an American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. So I watched that, and then I watched Pet Cemetery, the original one, the other day, and then we watched The Grinch, the animated one, like the new animated one, yesterday when we were putting up our Christmas tree. Nice. Yeah. So That's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to catch up to Josh, but he's making it like an impossible task. I don't understand. Like yeah. I can watch six movies in a day and <laughs> I'm still not catching up to him. I don't get it. I know. I'm pretty sure he was at like 350 on Friday. And then I looked yesterday and he was at like 362. I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Dude's <laughs> dude's padding his stats. I think. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anything else before we kick this off? I don't think so. Alright, cool, cool. Cue the theme music. said in the intro this week we are talking about edward scissorhands from 1990 yes 1990 Mm -hmm. uh starting off the synopsis what the fuck happened here i clicked something that i didn't mean to click go away there we go uh starting off with the synopsis an artificial man who is incompletely constructed and has scissors for hands leads a solitary life then one day, a suburban lady meets him and introduces him to her world. Uh, this movie is directed by Tim Burton, a man who needs no introduction. And we've already <laughs> done, we've already done uh, Mars Attacks, which he directed as well. I think that's the only other Tim Burton movie we've done. Actually. No, we did Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. Yeah. Two years ago, we did that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the cast list is pretty fucking stacked like for that time. Yeah. Uh, we have Johnny Depp in one of his earlier roles, and he plays Edward Scissorhands. Um, again, he needs no introduction, but some of his movies, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Sweeney Todd, and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Next, we have Wynonna Ryder, who played Kim. Uh, she is most known for Stranger Things, Dracula, Girl Interrupted, Heathers, and Beetlejuice, which is another Tim Burton movie. Yep. Uh, then we have Diane Weist. Uh, she plays Peg. She's in The Birdcage, Boats Over Broadway, Life in Pieces, which is an amazing show if you haven't watched it. I highly recommend it. Uh, the Mule, I Care a Lot, and Practical Magic. So she was actually the first cast member to sign on for it. For this movie? Yeah. Okay. And then once she kind of signed on, everybody else started to follow suit because she was so like well known and respected. Mm. So, was this Johnny Depp and Tim Burton's first movie together? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. and they became great friends after that. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder were actually dating throughout this filming. Oh, really? Yeah, and they became engaged like shortly after. I wonder how old Johnny Depp was during this movie. Um, 
He was born in the 70s. He was uh, born 63. Oh, 63, shit. Um, so 1990, he would have been 27. Wow, he looked a lot younger. <laughs> yeah, right? I wonder how old Winona Ryder was. So she was born in 71, so she's only 19. Jesus. Wow. That's crazy. She was in Zoolander? I do not remember her in Zoolander. Me either. Oh, she was one of like... I think she was just one of the people at like one, oh, of, the sh- okay. one of the shows. Right. Maybe. Anyways, that's not important uh and then we have anthony michael hall who plays jim uh he's in the breakfast club fox catcher halloween kills the dead zone and freddie got fingered really yeah he was dave davidson wow <laughs> i did not realize that until i was looking through his through his list of movies i was like oh shit that's awesome that's so funny you got the bag the bag with batters <laughs> <laughs> we have three honorable mentions um the late great vincent price um also the late great conchata farrell and alan arkin are the three that i have um conchato she was the girl off of uh two and a half men yes okay yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah and that's all I got for honorable mentions. I don't know if you have anybody. Um, there was someone I wanted to bring oh. up. Let's see if I can find it. I had one more actually, but I forgot to write it down. Uh, uh, Stan Winston. He did the special effects for this movie. Oh, true. Um, he did Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, what else is on here? Uh, Terminator 2. Yeah. Uh, Aliens. What That's else? when we... I, I knew we talked about him at some point, but I couldn't remember when. Yeah. Oh, he was actually a producer in Wrong Turn. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, he's done some pretty uh, big movies. Yeah. You could say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another one that I forgot to write down was... Um, the actor who played Kevin, yeah, who is Robert Olivier Olive Oliveri. Um, so he was in Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Honey I Blew Up the Kids, and Honey I or Honey I Blew Up the Kid, sorry, and that was his last acting credit, nineteen ninety two. Wow. So I don't know what the hell happened to him, like why he just randomly <laughs> retired after three big movies in four years, but. Yeah. I don't know. I like him, though. I thought he was good in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm, me too. I love that movie. Yeah. That has, like, one of the most terrifying fucking scenes with that goddamn ant and the scorpion. Easily. Easily, uh, man. Dude, watching that as a kid, like, yeah. fucking nightmare material. Fucking tear your heart strains. That, too. Yeah. For sure. All right. Um, before we dive into the movie discussion, what are you drinking tonight? So I am drinking a Pupper's Golden Lager, the okay. official beer of Letterkenny. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. That's good. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I don't like the show. What? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think I'll watch like nine or ten episodes, and the humor is not for me. Okay. Like, I think it, it, it's a good show. Like, it's a Canadian show. It, you know, it's awesome. But just the jokes are so fast. It's just you can't mm. fucking catch any of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to be like quick, quick tongued, I guess you could say. Like, yeah. Yeah. I used to love like the, the YouTube um like their show before the yeah 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 there's just like five minute clips mm-hmm. um yeah cool i am actually not drinking anything tonight but wow okay. i have a i have a bottle of appleton estate sitting right in front of me so <laughs> i'm debating just 
drinking it straight. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm not, I'm tired. I'm not really feeling the greatest. So I just wasn't really up for drinking anything tonight, but we'll see how the rest of this recording goes. Maybe I'll pour myself a glass of this. Okay. Even okay. though rum straight is just disgusting, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, man, let's dive into this movie. Let's do it. So we before we get into the, the I guess, the beef of the discussion, the, the movie, what do you think is the overall message in this movie? Oh, damn. Heavy hitting question right off the gate. I mean, I think you can like you can do the cliche like don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, because obviously, like Edward, like he's a scary looking dude. He's got these big ass fucking scissors for hands. Like, whenever um, Peg first finds him, like she's terrified. Yeah, but also like slightly intrigued at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then like everybody in town's like kind of wary of him at first. Yeah. Ah. Uh... I don't know, man. I don't know. Because, like, for me, like, I talk about it in my review, but for me, I I feel like there's not really much of, like, a storyline in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because um, I feel like a lot of the stuff, it's, it's like Tim is just setting up these scenes for, like, the people of the town. Like, they see this, like you know, bright, shiny new thing that everyone is, it's so different from what everyone else is used to seeing that Mm -hmm. they just want a part of him. Mm -hmm. And it's like the whole town is just like taking advantage of him. Mm -hmm. And like, it shows it a lot in the movie, like, you know, with him either cutting their hair or cutting their bushes and like throughout the whole movie, there's at least four people that say like, Hey, I know a doctor like that can help you yeah and then someone will say like like in the one audience scene when he goes in the talk show mm-hmm. someone like stands up says oh i know someone and then like the guy that's hosting is like okay we'll get that name after yeah and i feel like everyone says like oh we have a doc i know someone that can help you like change your hand or whatever and edward is like oh really yeah i'd love that name and then they don't ever give him that name yeah I think, I think the biggest thing, like we're jumping way ahead, but like with that whole talk show thing, like yeah, someone says, "Oh, I know a doctor," but then I think it's the host that says, "Like, do you really want to change? Because then you're not going to be special anymore. Like, you're you're not going to be different anymore." And then that's when Peg pipes up and says, "Well, like Edward's always going to be special to us." Yeah, I think that's a big thing too. Like, you don't need to change who you are in order to be or uh, I don't yeah like you don't need to change who you are like you are who you are people are going to like you or dislike you like just like anybody whether you're normal or abnormal or anything like that Mm -hmm. but um this whole movie was like supposed to be seen through Edward's eyes that's why everything's so bright and colorful and like everybody's so like eccentric to him is because like he's been locked up in this like dungeon essentially it's a big mansion but he's all alone like there's no fucking electricity or anything like that it's dark it's falling apart and then he gets moved down to this town where everybody knows everybody their grass is all bright and green their houses are all pink Mm. and blue and all these different colors so i think what Burton was trying to portray was just like the huge contrast between like what he's used to versus what he's seeing now. Yeah. I think he did a really good job of that. And like the start of the movie, like the first act, because uh, like you said, all the houses are painted different colors. Like the mm-hmm. grass is perfect. All the wives just stay at home. They don't work. And then you see the, all the husbands like leave yeah. at the exact same time with, the exact same looking cars and it's kind of like uh um, what's that movie i forget what it's called and uh that's john a blank but anyway yeah like it's i think it did a good job of 
portraying it through Edward's eyes, like when he mm-hmm. goes down there and he sees like the waterbed and he doesn't know what yeah. it is and fucking pokes a hole in it and all that stuff of him learning stuff I thought mm-hmm. was done really well, but then it kind of lost that and kind of more focused on the greed of the town for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I, yeah, I mean, he, he's a nice guy, right? So he doesn't say no to anybody because he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't know how to say no, right? Until the very end, once like everything starts to like go wrong for him. And yeah. then he, like you see this anger build up in him and he's just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck this town, fuck this car tire, fuck this bush. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking everything up now. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's just like a lot of pent up anger and like, probably like sadness too because the only person that's ever loved him was the inventor who created him and now he's gone so edward's been by himself for so long and now he has all these people taking advantage of him and his kindness Mm -hmm. and he's starting to recognize that yeah so i have a take on peg i think (laughs) i think peg is the most fake and worst out of all the ladies. Okay. Because she's just like hiding in the background. Like, cause it Burton makes it seem like all the other ladies are like terrible and they are. Cause they're like the forefront. They're like, you know, so gossipy and calling all around. And then Joyce mm-hmm. tries to have sex with him. And then she ends up turning around and, making up lies saying that he tried to rape her and all that shit. Yeah. But I think with Peg is it really shows her in the opening scene of her selling her Avon. You know, she's not selling it. She's going house to house. She's really frustrated. And then she, for some reason, I don't know why, but she decides (laughs) to go up to the mansion and she finds Edward. Mm -hmm. And like you said, at first she was really scared, but then, I think that she saw him as an opportunity mm-hmm. for her business, possibly. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. And throughout the whole movie, like, if someone says, it's like her pet, like Edwards is her pet. Because, like, he's doing all these things, like, when he starts cutting everyone's bushes, and uh, during the dinner scene, I think it's the dad that brings up, like, hey, you should be did you make any money on these? Mm-hmm. And then I think Peg said something back to him, like kind of saying, like say no. And then he cuts all the woman's hair is cutting the dog's hair, cuts her hair. And you don't ever see him get any money for it or her trying to get money from it. Yeah. Like she, I guess. Uh, yeah. And what do you think? I definitely see what you're saying, but at the same time, like she doesn't ask for him to cut her hair. Like she's the last hair do that he does. Um, He just randomly does the bushes because uh, the father, uh, Bill, he's trimming the hedges while listening to the baseball game. Yeah. And then Edward kind of like watches them and then he's like, Oh, I can do this too. And I think he was doing it up in the mansion himself. Like they had this like topiary garden up there. Oh, he definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he kind of shows off what he's able to do. And I'm wondering if like, if he does this because he feels so out of place there. So he's kind of showing them like, I have skills too. Like Uh I'm not just some freak that has fucking scissors for hands. It's absolutely useless. Like I can do stuff. Definitely. Um, but yeah, with Peg, I, I can definitely understand where you're coming from with her. Like she definitely does see him as a business opportunity. Like the whole first like half an hour, she's like trying to figure out different concealing agents <laughs> that she can like cover up the scars and all this stuff. But then she'll turn around and be like, Oh, like just be who you are. Yeah. But, and like consulting the big book and like talking to the head of Avon and all this stuff. Mm hmm. And then in the movie, you see that Kim is really the only one that kind of cares about him. And at the end of the movie, like not getting too far ahead, but Peg basically says, oh, just let him go back to the mansion and the way things were. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like her 
she cares too much what the town thinks about her and her family. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that, like you said before, like all the women, like literally, man, like whatever, <laughs> whatever Peg was driving through town, every single woman that's in this movie was on the phone with a different one. Like, oh, did you see Peg was driving through town and she had a man in her car? Oh, did you see who it was? No, I didn't. But blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and it's like holy fuck! Like, wow, get a hobby. Yeah, but I liked seeing the way things were in the early nineties, like for. Homeland. I'm not saying that that's exactly how it was, but like we see like a lot more housewives in this movie where they're not like going to work. The husbands are working. I know that that's like way beyond the nineties. Like, mm-hmm. but, um, and like an Avon sales rep going door to door. You don't see that shit anymore. No, no. I just thought it was, it's, it's funny to see the difference between then and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the, Opening theme song or the score. Oh man, Danny Elfman is a fucking genius. Yeah. He's great, don't get me wrong, but a lot of his music, like that's you know, that's who he is, but a lot of it sounds so similar to other ones that he's done. Yeah, that's true. Like if I would have closed my eyes and you would have played that opening theme song, I probably would have said it was from like Nightmare Before Christmas or Yeah. Beetlejuice, like it's all yeah. that kind of same instruments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got like he's got his own style, and that's that's what yeah. he does, right? Yeah. But I mean, and that's in a sense that what's that's what makes him so popular. Like you can, like you just said, you can close your eyes and you you know that it's a Danny Elfman score. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you don't even need to look up the credits on it. Like you just know it's him. No, no. And he actually he actually went on record and said that this was his favorite soundtrack that he's ever done. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. And this is Tim Burton's favorite movie of his. Oh, okay. He said it's not his best movie, but it's his favorite movie. Nice. Uh, in the opening scene, whenever we see the old lady telling the story, did you notice or know that that was one out of writer in the opening part of it? I mean, now, yeah, I do. But, oh, okay. But... Like, whenever I first watched this, no, I wouldn't have realized it. Because even this watch, like, the first time that, at the beginning, I didn't even notice it was when I was a writer. But at the end, whenever she took off her glasses, I was like, to Bettina, I was like, is that when I was a writer? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why they wouldn't just get an old lady. Because I feel like her voice and, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know, it just looked weird to me. I was just going to say, like, with all the makeup that they did in this movie, that was like like amazing. In my opinion, Edward looks great. Yeah. But then, like with the old lady makeup at the end, I was like, ah, it doesn't really look that good. It's like they tried to make her look too old. Yeah. Yeah. Like her skin is like I don't know, like full of like fucking liver spots, and it's just mm-hmm. I don't know, it's overdone. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you could tell, but a lot of this opening scene when it's going into the town was all like a miniature set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was kind of curious as to like how much of the movie of those shots were like the miniature set. Uh, the movie was filmed in an actual town. Oh, was it? Down in Florida. Yeah. And the houses are exactly the way that they are in this movie, except for the painted color on the outside. Mm. Like the insides of them and everything, like they didn't touch anything except for the paint colors. Yeah. So I don't know if they actually painted the houses or if they just like sort of like put the color in post, but. Mm. So Edward, I think Edward looks really cool as well. He has like uh, spandex, basically, you know, stuff. Uh, what's that? Uh, What's the fucking sex thing called? <laughs> like BDSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like BDSM stuff on. Yeah. Um, I don't think it explains it in the movie, but what was Edward supposed to be? Because I think he says at one point that he wasn't finished. Yeah, he was just supposed to be like a, a human that the inventor created. Um, but he didn't, he wasn't able to finish his hands before he passed away. Yeah, that that's what Edward means by like I'm not finished just because of his hands. 
But why put scissors on his hands? Why not put <laughs> fucking hands? I knew this was going to be a topic of discussion, so <laughs> like, I was geared up and ready for it. Literally <laughs> anything else. I know, I know, I know. Um, I completely agree. And like, if you're going to put scissors on it, like for his hands, like why are they like fucking three foot long <laughs> pairs of scissors? Like, yeah. they're just so obnoxiously huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, his thumb is like a little, like, knife. It's like... Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. I thought it was funny. And I don't know what it is with movies, but their inventions fucking suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, pancake or cookie maker. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, that thing is huge. It has, like, 30 steps. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the point? Yeah. What was that other movie that we watched and there was an inventor? It was Gremlins and... Right, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, We just did another one too, I forget. Yeah, those yeah. inventions in Gremlins are fucking terrible. They are. <laughs> um, I found it interesting too that like, there's an inventor in this movie who is like creating a human and then in Nightmare Before Christmas, there's also an inventor who's creating a human. Mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost like burton had sort of a theme for a little while yeah there was one of the parts to his contraption that looked like one of the monsters in that mm. movie uh and since we're on the topic of edward i have a question that obviously has to bring be brought up okay uh how does he piss and shit <laughs> or wipe <laughs> or wipe that's a good question too yeah that's i don't know maybe he didn't Sarah asked me a couple questions too last night, but like maybe he doesn't have those organs. Cause like, I mean, the guy lives up in this mm. mansion by himself. Right. And like, how, like how does he eat? Like nobody has ever seen him before. He doesn't go and do groceries. That's like, yeah, that's one of the like plot holes, mm-hmm. but it's like, you just kind of put it together. Like, Oh, he was an invention. Yeah. He probably doesn't have all of, those things although he can like feel love because he likes kim Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i don't know maybe he just doesn't have like a digestive system (laughs) i don't know yeah um sarah was asking me if he's immortal which i thought was a very interesting question because i mean if he's like a creation like does he get old does he does he die like from old age i don't know because at the end of the movie, he's still alive, according yeah. to old Kim, because she can still uh, feel the snow or see the snow coming from mm-hmm. the uh, mansion. Yeah. So, I mean, he must be. So, like, do you think at the end of the movie, like, do you think he's old as fuck like she is? Or do you think he's... Yeah, because like, if she's that old and can barely fucking talk and sit in the chair <laughs> i mean there's no way he can carve up ice like he was mm-hmm. maybe he invented stuff himself maybe maybe uh, but yeah the one scene that i really like at the start is whenever pam uh she just decides to take him she's like okay i'm just gonna take you home now <laughs> peg sorry not pam peg, yeah uh i thought it was hilarious yeah. um you're going to come home with me. Yeah. <laughs> she just brings him in the house and is like showing him around and he sees the pictures of Kim and stuff. Uh, and she shows him the house and he sees like the water bed and you see him like poke the hole in it and then move the, <laughs> the pillow on top of him and then him trying to get dressed and all that. I thought it was really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like Johnny Depp, like, because this was early on in his career mm-hmm. and I think he does such a good job in this role of like just looking very inquisitive and like trying to figure out how things work and like the facial expressions that he has like he's just confused 24 7 because he's literally never seen this shit before like, yeah when you go up to the mansion like you see his bed and it's literally just like straw yeah and so I don't know. I just think Johnny Depp did a really good job at portraying what a character like this would kind of go through. Yeah. And he's very soft-spoken. Yeah. Yeah. But, and he's like the most patient guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> because if that was me trying to eat the goddamn peas, oh, I'd, dude. I'd be done. 
Eating peas with a fork is frustrating enough as it is, let alone nine-inch fucking scissor hands. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why Peg decides to make him sleep on the waterbed whenever like, he has scissors for hands. It's like, yeah, you have the bed downstairs that he goes on later because he fucking destroys the bed whenever Kim comes <laughs> home. Yeah. Yeah, let's put this guy with scissors for hands on a waterbed. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing you never see anymore either is fucking waterbeds like that no, was a nice thing yeah yeah uh i love the scene the line whenever i think it's after he carved like the first bush like you mentioned before mm-hmm. and then uh what is kevin pours water on his scissors to try and clean them oh, off yeah. and then jim's just like no jim uh Bill. Bill. He is like, oh no, don't do that. The rust. Go get me the oil. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is when it kind of goes into like a dream sequence mm-hmm. of whenever he's watching Peg like open a can of something. Yeah. And he has like the flashback of that invention that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, how much of that uh was it called Forsh Forshwa? Whatever the fuck the uh, the thing that Joyce makes them. Oh, ambrosia salad. Ambrosia, yeah. It's like how much of that food do you think Johnny Depp had to eat? Like in, oh, that, in that scene. Well, I, I never even thought of that, man. Like that just makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, because like I know I'm pretty sure that in movies and stuff, like they just end up spitting the food out. Like, yeah. After. But if you had to do like, you know, fucking 10 or 12 takes, it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, ambrosia salad is good, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, that spoonful that she gives him, wah. Yeah. That thing is heaping. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know who Jim reminded me a lot of? Uh, was Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, actually. That's a good point. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fucking stand him in this movie. I know, he's so terrible. And like I loved him in the Breakfast Club. Like I loved his character in that movie. Mm-hmm. And in this he's just like a complete piece of shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Johnny Depp oh, man, he just said it too, but whenever Kim comes home and she <laughs> goes in the room and he's just sitting there and like brings his scissors up over his face and then she sees him and he's like freaking out. Yeah. And then she just starts like walking down the hall, like scared, doesn't say anything, just like, oh my god, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he just doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, he goes downstairs and Bill gets some fucking pissed drunk. Oh yeah, he's like, hey, have some lemonade. Yeah. And then they got on some topic. I don't know if it was something to do with like puberty and all that with Kim, but mm-hmm. Bill starts talking about, yeah, they start to develop these glands. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> giving them the birds and the bees lesson. Mm-hmm. I love like, and even in that scene, like Johnny Depp's acting like, cause he's just fucking obliterated drunk. Yeah. <laughs> his mouth and he's just like, passes out cold on the floor yeah and the next day is that joyce's and he's like oh how about some lemonade and just fucking throws up yeah i love that kevin takes him to fucking show and tell yeah and like (laughs) johnny depp starts doing like fucking karate chops and shit like that yeah oh man one chop and your head's off i do i feel bad for all the fucking dogs in this movie yeah. They got some terrible ass haircuts for this movie. Oh, man. Even like the women's hairstyles after it too. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, there's like one at the end, it looks like a like a bird on their head. Yeah. The woman with like the reverse mohawk. Yeah. She got the strip shaved into the middle of her head. And the dad takes him to get his uh scissors sharpened. It's like yeah. <laughs> is that really smart? <laughs> What do you think of the Joyce scene whenever she takes him to her like new salon? 
Uh, I mean, she's got the same intentions that Peg has. I think like she just she's just trying to make money off of them. I'd say her intentions are a bit more, yeah, weird and sexual. Yes, obviously, she's like the town floozy. We could say, like, at the beginning, she has a plumber in her house, and <laughs> Peg goes up to her house, and she's like, "Oh, um, did you see that? There's uh." a car in my driveway well you must not have realized that i'm busy and slams the door on her (laughs) yeah uh, i mean a a lot of towns have this type of person in them and Mm. she is most definitely this town's more sexually active person i would say (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) uh and it felt like a lot of these kind of sets like it didn't like you said it was filmed in florida yeah like some of them felt like it was definitely on like a like a film set yeah for like sure. the one with the bank whenever they go to the bank to try and get like the loan out and the guy's mm-hmm. like oh you have no bank account you have no like credit card you don't even have a social insurance and security number so you don't even exist really yeah <laughs> and like his desk is just like this lone desk set up in front of the vault yeah it's like, yeah um i found that scene and like any scene that we see inside the mansion yeah 100%. like that, that felt very uh like stage stagey yes yes um another question uh the whole like break into the house scene kind of yeah. seemed like forced because they were like breaking into Jim's parents' house. Yeah. And I don't know why. Cause Jim's dad has a bunch like Jim's parents are rich, but his dad has like all these toys and like huge TVs and like anything new that comes out, his dad gets it. Yeah. But keeps it all locked up in his in his like den or whatever. So um, their plan was to steal it all so that Jim could sell everything and then buy a van. Hmm. Because, you know, that's the American dream back then was to own a van with a bed in it. But then why is, like, if Jim lives there, why does the security system go up as soon as Edward goes into the house? I think it was a partial Oh, wait, never mind. Because I think Jim forgot the... A security code or some shit like that yeah or no he he hit the button but then like he had like changed the code or something that yeah was... And, like, it was like in my eyes it was definitely a setup to get mm-hmm. edward in shit too because he hates edward he does yeah, yeah. so i think he wanted edward to get caught mm-hmm. i was wondering too because edward's like struggling to open the door but he can't because obviously he has scissors for hands, but then he miraculously like comes out when the cops show up. Yeah. Like, oh, did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did the cops not know about Edward, but the whole neighborhood knows who he is? He was on public TV and everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big scene in this movie that like takes points away from me. Yeah. Like, everybody in this town knows who this guy is. Like I said, he was on fucking national TV. Like, he was on a big talk show. Yeah. Like, obviously the cops are going to hear about this new guy in town that has scissors for hands. Like, he's the talk of the fucking town. Yeah. So, yeah. That scene really bothers me. Mm. Other than Joyce and the crazy religious wife, why did everyone else all the wives specifically turn on Edward where they just kind of following suit. Yeah. I think they're just following the pack, right? Like nobody wants to stand out or be different. Like everybody in that town is the exact same person. Right. right. Except for the, the Jesus freak woman with the organ. She's the, <laughs> like literally the only one in town that's different. And they all ostracize this woman. Yeah. Hmm. So I think everybody's just fearful of, being different yeah and then she starts to become friends with them because Mm -hmm. she also hates edward and now they do too yeah the enemy of my enemy is your friend right yeah 
Um, is there any other scene that you had kind of up to this point that you wanted to talk more about? Uh, I don't think so. Um, actually, I have a question. Possibly, I don't know if one of the two chicks can answer this question because they live in a place where they don't get snow, I think. Mm. Um, but the one neighbor puts like fake snow on his roof. Yeah. Like, is that a thing? I don't know. It, it looked like a like a blanket, kind of, like just on his roof. I don't know. I thought it was weird. Yeah, it's like felt snow. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it before. Like, it, it's like the type of shit that like if you, like, you know those fucking big tables and people have like an entire town set up on the table at Christmas time? Mm. You've seen those? Yeah. And it's like the snow that they use for that. It's like a felt or like a wool sort of snow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's a common thing to do or not. So do you think this movie actually takes place in Florida, possibly? Uh, because they don't get snow at all. Yeah, maybe. Because they get, like, the blocks of ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Edward, like, starts carving the angel. Was he making Kim's face in that? Yes. Because that's whenever Jim, like, goes off the rails. Yeah. He kind of like starts the whole thing. Like Kim, I think is passing something to Ed or something like that. Yeah. And then Jim comes flying in and scares him. And he cuts, uh, cuts Kim's hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when shit goes nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think this is when Edward runs away because, uh, Jim tells him like, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. and starts running away uh edward like kind of goes on his bad boy little spree <laughs> starts like slashing tires stuff like that yeah and the cops are after ed and then this is whenever peg is just gonna let him go back mm-hmm. and i really like the scene probably my favorite scene in the movie is whenever Ed comes back to the house and it's just Kim there and Mm -hmm. they're like looking at each other and she tells him to hug her Mm -hmm. and you're going to see that Edward wants to and like they're about to kiss and then he just says like I can't yeah and then goes over the window and then she comes over and like snuggles up into his arms I thought Mm -hmm. was awesome yeah um Ice Nine Kills have a song about this movie and it like it sums up that scene Really, oh, really, really well. What's it called? Uh, the world in my hands. Oh, listen to the lyrics in that song. Okay, okay. And it's well, all—it's all about this. Oh, nice. Um, how cruel to be exposed to everything that I can't touch but still feel. Mm. Which I mean, it just—I don't know—it sums it up really well, right? Like, yeah. He wants this life, but he just, like, he can't have it, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, he wants to love Kim, and he does, but he has to, like, love her from a distance because he's so terrified of hurting her physically. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, we've witnessed it now a couple times where he's cut her, um, and he just knows that, like, these things on his hand are fucking dangerous. Like, everything he touches with them besides, like, the bushes and the hair Mm-hmm. gets fucked up right yeah uh yeah that's this scene um actually before the kevin scene there's a flashback of whenever the inventor died he's about to give edward his hands mm-hmm. and then he just has a heart attack and dies and i was thinking like what the hell did edward do with the body like you can't carry it away yeah <laughs> so you chop it up into little pieces <laughs> maybe that's what he's eating oh shit <laughs> <laughs> just having vincent price steaks for the rest of his life i mean i would love to see like an actual horror version of this movie but oh, they'd be crazy <laughs> be nuts yeah uh so yeah um one of the final scenes ed came back and he's with kim and he notices that jim and his friends are mowing down all the uh bushes that he made Mm -hmm. 
and then he sees Kevin walking by and he goes and runs and I don't know what if like Jim was actually planning on hitting Kevin, but he was like right there, like on the middle of the road, like about to hit him. Yeah, because they were hammered, right? Oh, right, right, yeah. Drinking in the van, and then he Jim makes his buddy drive him home. And yeah. his buddy's like, dude, don't make me drive. And he's like, just do it! <laughs> so then they're fucking driving all over the place, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, Ed tackles Kevin out of the way. And then, I don't know, it seemed like Burton like wrote this scene, so he'd like cut him on purpose like a bunch like he was like freaking out and mm-hmm. shit like that it's like well if you can you know sculpt ice and bushes like i mean yeah you cannot hit kevin with your scissors but mm-hmm. uh so everyone like kind of comes over and they think that ed's attacking him and this is whenever like peg just says like like they're gonna let him go back to the place uh kim says like run away so he starts like running away and he's going back to his place and the cops like going after him, but not like chasing him mm-hmm. and then just like shoots the gun and just lets him walk back up to the mansion. And just tells everyone like, okay, that's it. He's gone. Yeah. And I, I kind of liked this, what the cop did. Yeah. Right. Like just fired off the gun a couple of times, scare him away and then just leave him alone. Like the guys yeah. lived up here for two decades, let's just say, and nobody knew he was up there. Yeah. And like the cop, I mean, he should have, you know, maybe waited until everyone, the whole mob left. <laughs> yeah. It was like the mob starts and it, it's mostly the wives. And it's like, what are you going to do to Edward? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to kill him. Yeah. I think that cop's just so fed up with all these people. Like, oh, probably. Around everywhere. He's like, just get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Kim, she takes a shortcut up there. She's going up there before the mob. Mm-hmm. And she sees Ed like sitting on his little straw bed, and um, you can tell that like she loves him and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then Jim comes and he tries to shoot Ed, but Kim stops him and they get in a fight. And Jim punches and kicks Kim, and Edward just gets up and like stabs him in the stomach and then pushes him out the window. Yeah, and then Jim is dead. And then you see the mob coming up, and Kim goes down there, and she finds like an extra, I guess, pair of scissor hands, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, he's dead! Like they killed each other." Yeah, and then, yeah, she said the roof caved in on him. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it for that. Um, did you have anything else to add on that final scene? I really liked the way that the mob reacted to the news of his death. Because mm. like, you can feel like genuine sadness within the mob, and they're like, like they didn't want him to die, but mm-hmm. they didn't want him in the town anymore, kind of thing. Right. It was like in that sudden death, they were like, "Fuck!" Like this isn't what we wanted, and like even uh, Conchata Farrell, she was like, "I'm going home." And <laughs> yeah. Like, she just like turns around and leaves, and Joyce looks like she's ready to cry. The one husband looks like really upset. Mm-hmm. it's just i don't know i feel like they ended that part really well yeah i can agree with that mm-hmm. um and then it cuts to uh kim as the old lady again telling i'm guessing her granddaughter yeah. the story and the granddaughter like asks like well how do you know he's still alive and she just says oh i just i doesn't know and well, then you Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, she also makes mention that um, the the town that they lived in, like, it never snowed there until he showed up. Right. And, and yeah. now it snows all, like, it snows every year. So that's one way that she knows that he's still up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one question I have in this final scene is, where the fuck does he get all this ice from? <laughs> <laughs> he has, like, six statues up there, and it's like... yeah. You have no money, like you're in Florida or somewhere warm. Like you have, mm-hmm. how where do you get this ice? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, and then like I think you see him uh, after 
that whole thing with them. You see him like outside, like taking care of his bushes and stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. just happy. Yeah. Happy yeah. and solitary. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to add or mention? Uh, I don't think so. Like the one line that uh, old Kim says, like sometimes you can still catch me dancing in it. I thought that oh, was yeah. really good. I thought That's that was really good way to like sum up the whole movie because whenever he's making that sculpture of her and it's like snowing, it looks like it's snowing. She's like dancing around in it. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a nice moment between the two of them that she has kind of carried on. Yeah. And I like to, cause the granddaughter's like, well, why don't you go up there? Like you still have time. And she's like, no, I want him to remember me how I was like, I'm an old woman now. I don't want him to remember me like this. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. So maybe he is still doesn't age. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's the way the fake snow splatters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, when I went to the movie on Letterboxd, yeah. I saw your score. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm letting you go first. All right. Um, well, don't, don't kill me for this. Okay. I won't. Okay. Uh, so for my story, I gave a four out of 10. Okay. Um, I said nothing really going for this movie plot wise. Uh, there was a ton of plot holes, a lot of questionable decisions. 90% of the characters are not likable or annoying. I do like the message in the movie being that people will use you for themselves and quoting Chris D'Elia, all of these people are kudas. (laughs) You're going to quote Crystal E, are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like shiny things. And, That's true. Uh, Edward was, well, it wasn't shiny, but I mean, I guess his hands were. Yeah. Uh, um, and for quality, I give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, another banner from Tim Burton. Act, acting, cinematography, music all stand out in this one. The set design is great, and I really like the costume design of Edward. Hmm. So, I mean, like... This is a great movie. Like I'll probably watch it, you know, every year or two. But uh, just like the story-wise, nothing much going on mm. from a critic standpoint. So yeah, four out of ten and eight out of ten. Cool. Um, I'm just gonna go flat out and give both scores. I gave my story a nine out of ten and my quality a nine point five out of ten. Oh shit! Um, this, like I said at the start, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh. And pro- I don't want to say it's my, no, ah, fuck. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't want to say it's like my favorite Burton movie. Cause he has so many movies that I love. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's all like, it's like a one, a one B one C thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of bad things that I can say about this movie. Like we talked about the plot holes and that's, that was a big kicker for me is like, there are some plot holes in it that are like, come on, man. Like <laughs> you thought about this whenever you were <laughs> making this movie. Um, but I mean, other than that, man, like the underlying tones, the the whole contrast between like light and dark and like what Edward sees versus what's actually there. And like his love and adoration for the inventor um, that you see often with these flashbacks. And I love seeing those flashbacks and like the inventor teaching him how to be human because he's mm-hmm. literally like he's pretty much brain dead at the start right like he, yeah he was created so he has to learn how to human um and like johnny depp just did an absolutely incredible job with acting in this role um and like i said before just like portraying this type of character like i don't think there's a lot of actors that could have done it let alone done it this well yeah um johnny depp was like perfectly casted for this movie um but yeah and like i love the 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 darkness that we see sometimes plus like all the bright and vibrant colors it's just you don't see it very often in movies like that much of a different contrast Mm -hmm. um but I mean, yeah, I not a lot of bad things I can say for this movie. Yeah. On Letterboxd, you motherfucker <laughs> gave it gave it a two point five out of five. 
Uh, Jensen Harper gave it a 3.5. Slash and Captain gave it a 3. I gave it a 4.5. And that weird cinema girl, she gave it a 5 out of 5. And that's all I got. Nice. I don't know if you have anybody else. Oh, the average score is a 3.9 out of 5. Okay. Not really. Like, there's a couple TikTokers that I follow that do movies, so they're on here as well, actually. Hmm. Um, so one guy gave it a 4 or 5. Okay. And, yeah, Screaming Simon, I didn't rate it, but they watched it, so. Yeah, it's weird that they didn't rate it. You're the lone wolf, son. I know. I like to stand out. <laughs> Not like Peg. <laughs> All right, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. The first collaboration between Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands is a magical modern fairy tale with gothic overtones and a sweet center. All right, based on that, what do you think the critics scored it? I'm going to say a 89%. Oh, you're so close. They gave it a 90%. Fuck, I was going to say 92. God damn. <laughs> uh, that was on 60 ratings and an average score of 7.7 out of 10. And the audience score was a 91% on 250,000 ratings and an average score of 4.3 out of 5 or 8.6 out of 10. Not bad, not bad. Not bad at all. All right, you ready for the scare section? Let's do it. <laughs> all right what did you give it for a scare rating so for scare rating i gave it a one out of ten uh, i just said it's more of a family movie yeah not much not really scary about it yeah uh scariest scene i it was more of a question but i said what kind of sick fetish joyce has <laughs> <laughs> she's like turned on by edward and it's yeah. i don't know what she's into but Dude, definitely weird at one point in the movie i can't remember which part it was but sarah looked at me and she's like he's kind of hot right now <laughs> I was like, okay really <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. over his face and his yeah. fucking wild ass hair yeah <laughs> um and uh for what i survived i said if i was edward i don't think i'd be able to live like that i'd go crazy after getting frustrated with everything mm. huh that's a good point. Like just trying to pick up peas or like even yeah. anything. I just, I don't like, I'm a pretty patient person, but if I can't do basic shit, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and like Sarah brought up a good point too. And she was like, I would rather have no hands than scissor hands. And I, well, I was like, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, there's people in the world with no hands, right? Like yeah. you learn to live with it. But with this, it's like, fuck. I don't know. And that's another question that I had too, that I forgot to ask prior to this. And I know we're late into the episode, but like, can he take those off or are they like in him, like in his like tendons and shit? Well, you see on the outside, there's like kind of, no, cause the scissors are like, you see rods like going up the outside of his arm, like as clothes. Yeah. And like they're attached to like some big thing on his arm, so I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it would just... have to be like somehow surgically implanted in his like. Yeah, how definitely. Move, yeah. How you move them, right? So yeah, never mind. I was gonna say like he could just ask somebody to take them off, but yeah, obviously not. <laughs> all right, uh, my scare rating. I also gave it a one out of ten. I said it's not scary at all. There is some horror imagery, but it's like not really enough to give us rating anything more than a one. Mm-hmm. Uh, scary scene, I, like I honestly couldn't think of anything. I know, <laughs> like, that's why I put that. I feel like I couldn't think of any. Yeah, like I, I honestly don't know. Like maybe at the end, whenever him and Jim are fighting, and you think Edward's gonna die? I don't know. Uh, would you survive? I said yes. The only deaths in the movie are a heart attack and an asshole getting what he deserves from Edward's self defense. <laughs> but I, you make a good point. Like if you're looking at it from the Edward standpoint, yeah. I think I would like I would do more to try and get it fixed. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or at least like, get one hand and have scissors on the other hand. I don't know. Well, I mean, he does though, right? Because there's like three or four people that even Peg says, oh, I know a doctor that can help you. Mm-hmm. And then nothing ever comes of it. Do you think they actually know a doctor that could help them though? I think they're just giving them false hope. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Or false hope. False hope or like just pressure into changing. Yeah, that too. Hmm. Because like, do you think, well, yeah, he probably does want to have normal hands. 100%, yeah. But at the same time, like, would he be able to do the stuff that he really enjoys, like with the, the pruning of the trees and all that shit? Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Points to ponder. <laughs> all right, man. That's the end of the episode. What did you pick for next week's movie? All right. So this may be a podcast on Elm Street first, but we are watching a movie that's not even out yet. Oh, God damn. Okay. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, to watch it? Yeah. So we are going to be watching a movie called The Advent Calendar. Never heard of it. Um, it's being released on Shudder this Friday. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I think it's a French film because on IMDb it comes up as La Calendier. Okay. So, uh, yeah. The description, the synopsis sounds cool as shit. So I think it'll be a good discussion, hopefully. How did you even find this? I just looked up what movies are going to be released on Shudder for December. Okay. Because usually they add like Christmas movies and stuff like that. So I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. That does sound cool. Yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. I'm excited. I like yeah. I was going to pick Dead Snow, but. <sighs> That'd be a good one, too. I found that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited to watch this. Finally, I get to watch a new movie just like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck. <laughs> you've been watching every movie that comes into theaters lately. Hey, dude, you've had Don't Breathe 2 for like two weeks now. I know. <laughs> it's a fucking digital copy of it. I just haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Because, like, whenever I'm sitting down to, like, watch a movie, I forget that I have that. Yeah. And every time I remember, it's, like, when I'm laying in bed. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> but I don't want to, like, watch part of it and then fall asleep, right? Yeah, we're actually uh, – one of the theaters here in Ottawa is playing uh, some classic movies. And tomorrow we're going to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. I just watched that a couple week- or a couple months ago. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. But uh, – yeah, like, that's it. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, if you guys want to catch us on social media, check us out on Instagram at a podcast on Elm Street. Uh, if you click the link in our bio, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. There's also a link to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. There's also links to both of our uh, Letterboxd accounts, our Discord server, our Twitch account, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Uh, If you want to do any collaborations or anything like that, we are still taking requests for our villain face-offs. So Mm -hmm. shoot us a DM if you want to come on for an episode, if you want us to go on an episode of your podcast, just uh, let us know. Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk to you next week, guys. See you later.